Fulcrum Feed. It's a place for all of us to talk about Star Wars. You might have heard of it. Uh, think of it as a nebula filled with gas, or if you prefer, stardust. Uh, if you're in hiding after the demise of the mighty Jedi Temple known as Let's Talk About Star Wars, welcome. This is a safe planet. Uh, and speaking of safe planets, I will say that some friends you meet in school and some friends you meet at work and some very wonderful Star Wars friends you never meet until right now. Hi! It's Nancy! <laughs> Hi, Jenny! Okay, I'm so excited uh, to have Nancy Schwartz on the earliest or very early episode of uh, Let's Talk About Andor uh, or whatever we decide to call it. I mean, do we want to just call it the Mara Jade co-publicist show? <laughs> yes, the Mara Jade Society. Yeah, the Mara Jade <laughs> Society. Uh, Nancy Schwartz is an instructional writer by day. She's a science fiction author by night and a mom 24-7. And her wonderful Twitter feed reflects all of that in perfect harmony. Uh, her debut novel, Robber Barons, just came out, and it is the first installment of a trilogy from, am I pronouncing it right, Athon Books? Yeah. Correct. Okay. The first book, the last time I checked, was flying up the war and military action fiction list on the Kindle store. And there was this, like, is it still the case? There was this glory. No. Oh, okay. Sadly, sadly, yeah. that, that moment has passed. But it's like um, podcasts. They all go up and then they yep. all go steady. Uh, there was a time I was above George R. R. Martin and I took a screenshot because so, screenshots last forever. Forever. And nobody <laughs> ever has to know that it was nope. like three years ago or something. No, nope, exactly. Um, that's amazing. I I watched you um, write these books uh, in a yeah. way that on, very online, right? You were very open about your writing process. And I am a writer too, but I'm the world's worst at finishing and publishing <laughs> and so your diligence and your working it through and your you you went to writers groups and you did and i just loved watching it happen oh um, thank you it was so impressive and now you have a book and there are two more books on their way i know it's crazy i um i i pro i was hoping to get them done sooner <laughs> but this little thing happened called COVID-19 that yeah. I think uh, sidetracked a lot of people. Um, my brain wasn't, my brain wasn't working anyway, because I just had a kid. And um, then as I was like, was like, I'm going to go back to work now. No, you're not. Nope. <laughs> you're nope. going home forever. Forever. <laughs> forever. Um, I saw you had a tweet late recently where you said you'd stop being able to read and boy did that yeah. resonate with me because i was an avid reader yeah and it, i can't do it i haven't read a star wars book since gosh i can't even remember what the last one i read probably the second thrawn yeah. book the I alliances the I oh no i read the third one sorry okay. i think that was probably the last one the one with krennic um but i haven't read any of the the ascendancy books and it's not because i don't want to i want to um i'm not as into the high republic era but you know, like people have told me they're good so i i definitely want to try 
one. Audiobooks, um, Nancy. Audiobooks. I, I can't do audiobooks. Oh, really? No. It's sad. I can do podcasts. I can't right. do audiobooks. My brain, I think, and also maybe if I tried audiobooks on high speed, because I've actually had to start listening to podcasts on higher speed, mm-hmm. which my husband hates. Every time we get in the car, he's like, you need to <laughs> turn it back. Podcasters <laughs> are like, but I worked so hard on that I transition. Know. I'm sorry. It was the perfect <laughs> amount of space. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, okay. So, yes, none of us can read. All of us are having trouble writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I really want to say, like, uh, if there's one person in the world who bitches the most about Mara Jade not being part of the galaxy <laughs> in its current form, she's right here. <laughs> you think I mention Mara Jade a lot. Like, Nancy and I are like co furious. And that we're definitely going to be talking about that yes. today. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, so, Nancy, how would you say we met in our very <laughs> online world? Um, it's literally the, did we just become best friends? Yep, yeah. meme. <laughs> um, uh, were you listening to Let's Talk About Star Wars? Did yes. we know each other before? I, I was. So I have been a listener of um, the various Frog Pants scott johnson podcast for a while it started i was a world of warcraft player so i listened to the instance and then i found other shows and started listening to those and i think i just became i i knew who you were like either he mentioned you on the show or i don't know if you were ever on any of the shows i was on current geek a lot. okay that's that's probably where because i used to listen to that too um so that's probably where i i first became aware of you and i remember i i think it was at one of the nerdtaculars your husband was on one of the games and they were all mad at him because he was getting all the answers right because they asked him about David Letterman. Yeah, and he worked there. <laughs> yeah, I remember they were like, "This is fr- this is get cheating, get him out." <laughs> it was um, one of those maybe do a little more research moments where I was so <laughs> so happy. So, were you at that Nerdtacular? No, I have okay. never been. I was. We, my husband and I, actually talked about going, and then they stopped doing them, and I was like, "Of course, of course." But um. I think we watched it like on stream stream or whatever. Um, So I, when I heard about, let's talk about star Wars. I don't know how I heard about it. Maybe on one of Tom's shows that I listened to. So I was like, okay, let's watch it. I was like knee deep in star Wars fandom. Then I was podcaster and I really appreciated your guys' show because it was, you, it was not a quote unquote star Wars, Twitter fandom show. Like it wasn't the same points I was hearing all over again so it was nice to have like a different like fresh take on stuff um and then I remember you talking about Mara Jade and I think I tweeted at you something about Mara Jade and you were like and you responded to me and then you followed me and I was like wow Jenny followed me that's so awesome and then like and then we'd like just became friends and like honestly I have made so many friends because of Mara Jade. Yeah. <laughs> like my, some of my best friends that like one of my best friends who like helped plan my wedding, like she comes to visit Disney all the time and we still hang out, like talk every talk all the time. Um, other friends I met like, and just like other like Twitter friends. So like 
really. I mean, honestly, really everyone I met was because of Mara Jade, because that's why I became a Star Wars fan. So (laughs) this is like, and that's the thing. So I, my version of that is I met you on Twitter Mm because I responded and Mara Jade is like a secret handshake, right? And (laughs) I used to talk about this all the time. And look, Garrett read the books and Tom read the books. They all knew, but they didn't feel it the way we did. You have to be... I think you have to be of a certain age yes, and not necessarily you have to be a woman because there are a lot of men who've and you know everyone who's a fan of her but I I really think she resonated like I so I was born in 81 um didn't see Star Wars originally because obviously I was it was not my age range um when I was growing up in the dark times and I I saw the first, I saw the original trilogy for the first time in 1992, which was right after Heir to the Empire came out. And I saw that book and I was like, wait, is this a Star Wars book? Wait, this is what happens after the movies? That's so cool. And I doubt I would have like stayed a Star Wars fan if I didn't have those books to read. And that's why I get mad when people say, well, no one ever became a fan because of the books. And I'm like, I know a lot of people. Yeah. did. (laughs) So to back up, I'm going to back us up just because um, I want to explain to people who might not know what we're talking about Um, there. Okay. So if you were born in like the late seventies or the early eighties, you might've seen one or two star Wars in the theaters. You probably saw it on VHS or Betamax, but it wasn't an active thing. Like you don't have a memory of seeing it in the theater as your first time. And so these books come out and like, you've just been watching these same three movies over and over and over again. And it's like, you're like, what new thing can I glean this time? Or I'm going to listen to it when I'm falling asleep or whatever. And then all of a sudden, and I know there were comic books, but I was not privy to them. All of a sudden, these books come out by Timothy Zahn. Right. And the, they were called the Thrawn trilogy. It it didn't even have a name. It was just air to the it end. It was book one of a three book cycle is what it says on the front cover. <laughs> yep. And I have my original front I cover. I do too. Yeah. And so <laughs> these books come out one, two, three. And uh, I don't know the backstory behind them with Lucas books or whatever. Oh, I do. Whether- Oh, tell me. I do because I've heard Tim yes. tell the story numerous times. <laughs> I want to hear this because, like, the idea that someone had the gall yeah. to write new Star Wars stuff. I can't, oh, I can't remember the person's name, but it was the person who, like, decided they were going to be, like, they were going to do Star Wars books. Like, they basically, like, were putting their career on the line for this because tie in books were not a thing at that time. They were, like, you know, 25 cents in the library bin like and they were not treated with respect um so it was um the the who i can't i'm so mad i can't remember his name but he was at bantam and they um they reached out to timothy zahn because he had written some books for bantam and they were like do you want to write a star wars book and he was like uh, maybe. (laughs) So, um, you know, he eventually decided, yes, he would do it. Um, but like he decided like, I'm treating this as like a book, like a, like a real, real book, like not just some tie in I write for like just a good cheap paycheck. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to put as much work into this as I would a, a novel of my own. 
and and he did. Um, I love he tells a story where he he had the trilogy on like tape that they would listen to in the car, mm-hmm. and that's how he knew the characters' voices. Oh, because he would listen to it all the time on car trips. That's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, and they basically like they like put like they it was like this guy's career on the line for um if these weren't successful and they put them out in hardback which was like a big deal and they they made sold so much that they ran out of the card sock on the front so it was like underneath the like the dust jacket oh. was blue and for one of the runs they had to do tan colored because they ran out and I have one of the tan ones. <laughs> oh, that's like, like a penny that has like yeah. a print on it. That's yeah. Incredible. Um, and so, so, so yeah, they just like sold like crazy. And then they were like, well, let's do more Star Wars books. And they did. <laughs> oh, and they did. And that was the thing. Like my memory of that book is, I don't know how it came to me or whatever, but I was a miserable 14 year old in high school, mm. uh, just like had been moved from New York to New Jersey, like was so displaced. And Star Wars was my comfort food, right? Like Star Wars was my family just from watching these things over and over again. And for a book to come out. And then this book had more Luke Skywalker, more Han Solo, more Princess Leia. And then it had Mara Jade. And Mara Jade was this incredible character who's like a um, nominally a, like you describe her because your, your grasp of fact (laughs) is better than my grasp of fact, but she's very abrasive at first. I hated her when I first read it because I loved Luke Skywalker and she was mean to Luke Skywalker. I was like 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at, by the end of the second book, I was like, they're going to get married and have babies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that was another radical thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Han kissed Leia. Yes. Luke kissed his sister. There was all sorts <laughs> of weird stuff going on in the movies. But these two had chemistry. Yeah. And for, for young ladies of a certain age who liked Star Wars, that was our introduction yep. to chemistry. And then later, other things after they actually did get married and have our three favorite children, Jaina, Jason, and Anakin. Anakin or Ben? Uh, So Jason, Jaina, and Anakin were Han and Leia's kids. Right. Oh, and Ben was there. Was Luke's kid. Yes, which was why in The Force Awakens, when Han yells out Ben in the middle of Starkiller Base, I went, (gasps) (laughs) not because of like Ben Kenobi. I, I was like, they took that name. They took that name. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yes. So, and those three books were so successful. They spawned this entire universe of Star Wars books, all mm-hmm. of which were of a quality. They weren't mm-hmm. all great. They weren't all consistent. <laughs> uh, I have my favorites. <laughs> yeah. What are your favorites? I want to. The Thrawn trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, just besides those, like I've there, I would actually say they're they're some of my favorite books period like heir to the empire i can just go back and reread at any point i don't care that it's been like completely um like made strip mind i mean even before like even before legends 
the reboot like because of the prequels like stuff doesn't make sense it doesn't matter i still i still will go back and read it anytime um i love luke skywalker and the shadows of mindor by matt Mm -hmm. stover um it's so good and one of like i luke is such a hard character to get right um and that's one of the books i think does it the best that's so um, I don't think I read that one. Oh, it's so good, Jenny. It's okay. so, so good. Um, it's set um, like six months after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And so like in like the old legends, Luke was a general. Right. And then and then he left um, the military because uh, in, you know, heir to the empire, he's not in the military anymore. So this was kind of explaining like, how why he left i mean it's obvious Mm. why like he wanted to become a jedi but this was like kind of like his last mission Mm. and it's it's really great there's um there's a what i mean people love matt sober and his revenge of the sith novelization it has some of that same iconic lines like there's there's some characters from some of shatterpoint i think but um like Luke, Luke asks this one character, like, what makes him different than the other Jedi? And they say, because you, Luke Skywalker, you were not afraid of the dark. It's just, it's like oh. one of my favorite lines ever. <laughs> it's so good. So great. Um, I loved Kenobi by John oh, Jackson I Miller. Did. I love Kenobi. And Kenobi. it was a late book, right? Yeah, was that late. was like 2012, one of the last books that came out. I love that book. Um I mean, there's just, I love, I love a lot of Tim Zahn's books. Like, um, the, he had a, he had a series, a duology about, um, defected stormtroopers, um, the hand of judgment and like, um, a lot of people like were, it was kind of like lukewarm, like people liked it, but a lot of people like were like, eh, it was fine. I went back and reread Allegiance, the first one, and I really liked it a lot better the second time around. And then the second one, I liked, you know, I liked a lot too. And that actually had um, Luke and Mara meeting, but not meeting because they oh, don't know right. who the other is. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And just to, before we move on, I, it is important to note that the heir to the Empire it also introduced an important character named Admiral, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah. Who, uh, <laughs> somehow has made his way into we'll get to that but yeah. uh so these books were incredibly important as um saviors really i would say saviors of the star wars universe, oh yeah for sure. i don't think there would be star wars now if there was if these no. books were not as successful um i mean i think there was a lot of things like the special editions were kind of like you know guideposts for the prequels and you know so on and so forth but really like this like introduced star wars back into like yeah the mainstream like fans yeah um and like introduced a whole like new group of people like there were a lot of people my age grew up reading the books and like phantom menace came out the year i graduated high school so it was like a big you know big deal <laughs> yeah it was a big deal and uh one thing that's really uh important and will be important for andor which we'll get to uh is that the star wars books were inherently about not just political because like all of star wars is political mm-hmm. they were about politics yeah right they there were, was a lot of politics in like, the Thrawn trilogy and especially it was the west the- wing yeah <laughs> that was where like so one of the things I'm really looking forward to with Andor is getting more Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. It is insane to me that we 
this is like going to be the first time we're really getting a lot of Mon Mothma content yeah. um, because like her scenes were deleted from Revenge of the Sith. I think you can see her in one scene. Um, and then she was in Rebels, a few episodes with Rebels, which was great. But I'm like, they have this actress who's like the right age. And it's just, and, and even like in books, like they didn't really use her a lot. I think right. she was in some of the aftermath books, um, but that's really it. And I'm like, that's, and the, the fact like in the, legends she was a big part of like the government like she was chief of state which was what they called their their head of the government um because the prequels were always like at lady odds yeah and like i i loved that like they brought her back in and had her be an important character like and not just her like admiral akbar and like uh i think maydeen was in for a little bit like Mm -hmm. so there was like there was a lot of politics of like how to build a new republic yeah so when and or like i'm like i was always thinking how have they not done more with her about how the rebellion was formed and i like i didn't know she was going to be in rogue one i don't think anyone knew she was going to be in rogue one until that first trailer and i was like (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i was like freaking out because like those books the, the books that had really, and they all did, had like, like any time that Luke was off gallivanting and Han was off being a scoundrel, Leia was on Coruscant, mm-hmm. right? Because and she was world, pregnant. She was pregnant. She was having babies. People were trying to kidnap her babies. Like, <laughs> like, there was always some intrigue going on. There was, I remember distinctly this character who I can't picture in my mind, but named Borsk Fela. Oh my God. Like, he is the worst. Worst. Do not get me started on yeah. him. Like, I love him. Yeah. But he's the character. absolute worst. The worst. <laughs> the Nagri who eventually made it back in. Like, yeah. So many, so many things. And then, of course, because anything that's popular gets a little too popular and they do a little too much of it. There were like 8,000 <laughs> Star Wars books and they were like, well, we're going to have to move this to the multiverse. And people complain about it. But I'm like, look, if you can handle the multiverse in comic books, you can handle it in Star Wars. It's okay. Mm-hmm. doesn't take away your love for the books. I mean, I love those books and my only i guess this really gets into andor all right i'm gonna pause on what you know i'm gonna say (laughs) first tell me how you feel about andor the first have you watched all three episodes yes yes we watched them all yesterday are you a squeak way or a no way (laughs) i'm in the middle um leaning more toward um squee the first two episodes after the end of both my husband and i both kind of looked at each other we're like where is this going i have no idea what's happening what's what's going on i totally get why they changed their release and decided to release the three of them at the same time because if they had just released the first two i don't think i'd be in is interested i'd keep watching but like that third episode was where you're really like oh okay so like he's basically been taken from his home twice now and is like now we're gonna see how he becomes like i mean he is already kind of as radicalized but how he's really gonna become radicalized he's like locally radicalized yeah um and i really like i i mean 
Selen Sarsgaard is pretty good in everything, but I love him in this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, he definitely needs to be in this because now that he's on screen, I, I'm way more interested. Because um, you can see where it's going. Yeah. I thought of I thought of the first two episodes as like, you remember the movie The Thin Red Line? Where it was like, uh, it was that war movie, and it was basically just a poem about war <laughs> by Terrence Malick. And it, there were lines like, what good is all this and all this, right? Yeah. And it was very, very beautiful. But it had no plot, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought of those first two episodes as like a tone poem about <laughs> the effects of the empire ecologically on people, on kids, on, you know, all of this stuff. And they were just, it was like the wire was. It was like, you just got to go along for the ride because you know we're going to get to the good stuff, but we're going to make you understand where this yeah. came from. But they were right to do three. Yeah. I I mean, I, I it'll, it'll be hard to like make a complete judgment until we see the whole series and see like what they like go back to. I, you know, I know a lot of, uh, there was a lot of complaints with Star Wars Rebels about filler episodes and then like, oh, wait, that came back from that episode? What? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I, I I do appreciate that they spent more time with the characters and everything and like where he was. I, f- I was a little just confused with like what he wanted and what was his motivations. Like he starts off looking for his sister, but then that's kind of like, gone and forgotten so but i mean i i loved him in rogue one and i'm here for all of the rebellion beginnings like it's such a it's such an ignored time yeah which is crazy to think of (laughs) like i mean like we're always in little bits of it right like there's always little bits of it the rebels was a different cell Right. Yeah. So it's it's I guess concurrent. I haven't done the like the wiki math yet. So this said five years before, and I think Rebels started four years so, before. Right. Um right. so I, I'm it might have started or been around the time of a new dawn, that book by John mm-hmm. Jackson Miller, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. So um I think solo is like ten years before. Mm-hmm. So it's like half like halfway i guess right Um, and you can tell these stories endlessly like they made a point to say that cassian andor's ship that he snuck into the first world with was not a light speed ship yeah it was like a putt putt you know yeah (laughs) like he's not jetting around the way everyone else is uh from Mm -hmm. solar system to solar system like he is local he's local uh He's a local hustler, and he's clearly been very well trained, as we learned in the third episode. Yeah. It starts to make more sense how he went from, like, a little abandoned child in a Lord of the Flies situation. Yeah. I think I would have even liked more of those yeah. flashbacks, like, more, like, I think what happened to the parents. Like, I mean, I, I, can, I can extrapolate what happened to the parents, but, like, you know, seeing that, it, it kind of reminded me of, I actually totally got it confused because i was like wait didn't we see a flashback with him and i was like no that was the mandalorian flashback mm-hmm. that he was that was because i know um i think he was born during i think he was alive during the clone wars cassian yeah. yep. um so yeah it's it's just gonna be very and oh yeah and she even says you killed the, the republic officer yeah. so 
Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely Republic era, probably very late Republic era. Yeah. Very unlikely that the events of the Clone Wars are going on because the moment the Clone Wars ends, it's basically like the end of the Republic. Empire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the beginning of the Empire. So, um, I, I, so here, okay. So we've got this beautiful, like, uh, scene going on in this abandoned forbidden planet. Concurrently, we've got like the, I love the metaphors about the corporate universe and the mm-hmm. um, the the town, the working class town planet next door. Yeah, and the way that those interplay. I mean, it's a very purposeful. I think the casting, the like the the acting casting is like bananas, spot on. Mm-hmm. Right. Here's where we get into the topic that you and I, I think, share an interest <laughs> in. Okay. Yep. They are strip mining. The speaking of strip mining, the show <laughs> is clearly going to be strip mining the Legends universe mm-hmm. for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. Right? So, talk to me about a man named Garm <laughs> Bel Iblis. So, Timothy Zahn created a lot of characters for the Thrawn trilogy. Um, and I think probably the most famous now is Thrawn. Um, and probably then Mara Jade. A lot of people know Card. Um, and then probably after that would be Bell Garnbell Iblis. Uh, and Garnbell Iblis was a he was the senator from Corellia at one time, which was why I was so annoyed that they didn't name drop him as an Easter egg in any of the solo material. I was yeah. like, come on, throw us a bone here. <laughs> um, but he um like the story of how he came about was is really interesting because uh, Timothy Zahn realized he needed something for Han to do in the second book, so he sent him off on this quest to find Bel Iblis or to find this fleet of lost warships, mm-hmm. and in doing so, he comes upon this guy called Bel Iblis, who's like a legend, and he disappeared. Um, and you come to find out that he was like a leader in the rebellion early on, and he left after the Battle of Yavin because he thought Mon Mothma was uh, consolidating too much power and was basically going to become another emperor, basically. Right. So he went off and did his own fighting um, and then kind of disappeared. Um, he eventually ends up coming back and like they, he joins the new Republic and he, he's there like on and off in the books. Love him. Love him. Um, and I, so I was very much like thinking like there was hints of saw Guerrera in him, but they, they, I think he was more, I think Saw in his group was more extremist and like he didn't have that personal connection with Mon, Mon Mothma. Like right. he, I, he, he, like he disagreed with her, but I think with Bell Iblis and Mon Mothma, it was more like an actual like personal disagreement than right. like theological or not theological, but like philosophical right. and moral about the rebellion. So when I saw the trailer for Andor, my thought was, I know he's not named Garnbell Iblis, but that's Garnbell Iblis. Yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely. The, the, he's how I pictured that character in yeah. my head, right? All of these years. Now, without knowing Stellan Sarsgaard when I was 14, yeah. 15, <laughs> like I, I knew what that character looked like. And that's exactly what he looked like. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'll be real curious to see if they uh, whoosh off that name. La- I yeah. don't know what the guy is named. And that's I think it's like, Luthen, Luthen Rail, Rail, I think. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, and one thing about uh, the fulcrum feed is we are not going to worry about facts. That's what this <laughs> film is for. The good thing is I watch with captions, so I yes, know, too, so yeah. I know the names. Yeah. <laughs> At least learn the names some yeah. most of the times. <laughs> so you know, like uh, yes, so they have sort of borrowed from the and look, every character harkens back to Greek mythology and whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. It's like we're not inventing new characters here, right? I get yeah. it, but. This is now the appropriate time to segue into all of the Mara Jades that live in the current <laughs> universe without there being a Mara Jade. So that the, by the time Mara Jade is eventually brought in, mm-hmm. she will seem derivative. Yeah. Yeah. How are we feeling about that? <laughs> so I'm of two minds. I miss her terribly and I want more stories about her and I never want them to touch her ever again. <laughs> Yeah, fair point. I'm like, please don't ruin her. Like, I, I mean, I, I liked what they did with Thrawn. I, uh, I will not discuss my feelings about Thrawn being in the Ahsoka show because I want to discuss positive, positive, positive positive vibes only. Yeah. But needless to say, I'm, I would be really worried about how they would portray her. I think a lot of people. When they think of Mara Jade, they think of her as Luke's wife. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's like the main reason they haven't brought her back because she comes with all that baggage. Um, and I will argue till I'm blue in the face, like she was, they were not married for 10 years in 10 universe. Years. She was off doing her own thing. She didn't become a Jedi until like way later. Um, like there is so I was much. so uncomfortable when they got together. Like I was like, oh, oh no, no. Luke Skywalker is ace. Like I really thought he was like ace. I really thought he was like not into girls, and then <laughs> and then he was into girls, and I was like, I am confused, right? Like it's not for me. I support everyone, uh, you know, having their own head cannons about whatever characters they want, but I shipped them hard. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> I, I got them. comfortable. I, I mean, I and so up. then. So then, like, me being, like, you know, me watching Luke be a, a hermit on Octo was very hard for me. Yeah. I was like, I was like, that's why he's there and doing all this crap, because Mara's not there to knock sense into him. I mean, nobody said that didn't happen, right? Would, like they- Well, so I have, like, I have a whole theory about how that could work in canon. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no reason that they could not have been together in canon. And she, uh, like, my, my just whole theory is, like, they met. Um, have you either played or watched any of the Battlefront 2 cutscenes? I haven't yet. No. Okay. So I'm so behind on games. So Battle so Battlefront 2 is great if you just watch it on YouTube, like the cutscenes. <laughs> um, but there's a character, there's a level on the game where you play as Luke Skywalker. Mm. And during that level, you meet an, a character in Inferno Squad uh, named Del Miko. And Luke, he basically has a life-changing field trip with Luke Skywalker. And that's when Del kind of like realizes the Empire's bad and there's 
um, you know, he says, what choice is there? Um, the rebellion. And Luke says, no, a choice to be better. And it's one of my favorite lines mm. in all of any Star Wars canon. It's one of Luke's best lines. And I like, I love that scene just because it's pure Luke. Um, probably my favorite Luke in all of like canon right now. But also I was like, oh my God, like if he hadn't met Mara in one of these facilities, because it was like one of the Empire's facilities, like that totally could have been like a place where they could have met. And like Mara's a little more acerbic than like Del Mico was. Mm -hmm. But like I could see them like meeting and fighting especially if she doesn't have the emperor's last command to kill him in her head right. like that, that's a lot of baggage like thrown out right away but like you know they could have met luke is wanting to learn more about the jedi she's force sensitive he could have like they could have just met on and off eventually he wears her down and they train and then ben solo gets old enough to get trained as a jedi and mara's like that um, kid's trouble He's trouble. And of course, Luke being Uncle Luke is like, that's my own, that's my nephew. What are you talking about? And I could see her totally being like, I can't watch this happen again. Yeah, I'm I out. Fail. Yeah. I hate so she can be totally safe off with card doing her smuggler thing and comes back on um, Exegol with yep. all the ships to save yep. them. Who knows that that didn't happen? That is a great. That's my theory. head cannon. Uh, that is officially, I'm going to officially name that the Nancy Schwartz Mara Jade play. And the Nancy and, and Nancy and Jenny, the Mara Jade's co-publicists will be here to celebrate that day we at need, Disney World. We need a uh, Tom Merritt's gavel to like, yep, to so make say it. it, say it. <laughs> boom, boom. Um, I, before we go, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, and I feel like I know the answer. Mm -hmm. Those Thrawn books, right? The Heir to the yeah. Empire, they must have influenced your decision to become a writer. Um, yeah, so I didn't actually really start writing until later in life. Like, I, um, I didn't really write fanfic when I was a kid. Like, um, I kind of got into that late. And by that, by that time, fanfic had kind of moved on from the Luke and Mara stage. Um, and was like head on into the prequels, um, which is why I laugh when people there was like some stupid controversy on Twitter recently about people saying Obi-Wan wouldn't be bisexual. And I was like, you obviously did not read any fanfic in the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> um, but so I, 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 I wrote a few and then um, like when I started writing, like it, it really was because like because those were like the first like books I really got into. So like a lot of people I know have a hard time writing books with multiple POVs. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I can't write with, I can't write one POV. Like I write like going back and forth and that's how I think of a story. And I think it's because I read Star Wars books yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid growing up. Um, and like, I, I have had the, um, fortune of meeting tim many mm -hmm. times um like at conventions he goes to dragon con every year and i met him there um i've moderated two panels with him at dragon <sighs> con uh which was like crazy like i'm like i'm sitting next to you like 
what and then i was on a rebels panel where he like came in and crashed the panel and like they warned us ahead of time that it was going to happen and i was like thank you because i would have lost my mind yeah (laughs) yeah um but yeah like you know i just hearing at um at dragon con especially like the authors would like talk about writing and like you know how they approach the scenes and like I have never been a type of person who like thinks poorly on tie-in fiction like I've always thought like it's just the same as a regular book it's probably even harder because you're you're confined to certain characters and uh, you can't just like make stuff up I mean you can to a certain extent but but, very limited range yeah so like I've always like thought of it as like you know just the same as original fiction. One of the best things about the rebooted universe in the book form are the books by Claudia Gray. Mm -hmm. I mean, these books are spectacular. And the Claudia Gray Princess Leia book, we could do, we're going to talk again, Nancy. We have a lot (laughs) more to cover. But uh, the point being like, the books are this very dependable, very reliable backbone Mm -hmm. of the insatiable need for more star wars right yep people need more star wars and they need more star wars points of view because these movies are not judging on their quality but there are a lot of people in the soup Mm -hmm. to put it mildly and a lot of opinions in the soup and they either come out beautifully or there's they come out kind of messy or whatever it is they come out as um the books are very stable places to go yeah, and you get to like learn more about the characters that you like. Um, yep. You get to meet new characters. I think that's one of my complaint about a lot of the books recently is that there, there, there's not a lot about like book characters, like mm-hmm. or not book characters, like movie characters. Like, I, um, I haven't read the Shadow of the Sith novel yet, but like I was very excited that, that was about Luke and Lando. Um, you know, I lo- love Bloodline obviously but like you know i want more like i want to know everything luke skywalker did from the time return of the jedi ended until you know my theory you know my theory about the whiteboard right the giant whiteboard wall somewhere in lucasfilm where they're like you can't talk about that yeah oh no you can't talk about that well i mean that's and that's the and that's the thing like why haven't they done that yet like do do that story like recast Luke and like or I mean you don't even have to like Mark Hamill could play like 40 now like he did it fine in Last Jedi just dye his hair and I mean him give him the dots put the dots on his face and take out the biggest wrinkles yeah I mean like show his Jedi Academy like that's what I want to see unfortunately it has a horrific ending yeah (laughs) but but I mean for the best I mean so does Andor yeah right we know how Andor ends right oh yeah um, you know, so, all right. So, uh, I don't want to abuse your time, but I would like <laughs> <I'm> you, <good. laughs> I would like you please to tell us about Robert Barron's. <laughs> oh, okay. So Robert Barron's is a story about a reluctant super soldier named Victoria, um, and her, um, struggle to come to grips with her identity, um, her family and, basically figure out her place in the universe um i i was inspired by star wars because it's really hard not to be (laughs) um it was actually like one of my earliest like 
really like what if scenarios was what if Luke had a kid who didn't want to be a Jedi? Like, mm. oh, like that's that's fascinating, right? Or what if Luke had a kid who who didn't have the force? Yeah. Like my oh. name is Bob Skywalker and I <laughs> sell insurance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, so I mean, obviously that one can never have happened. And I loved like I loved seeing Luke and his son Ben like together like i i I, lo- I miss ben skywalker mm. that little redheaded sarcastic kid so much um but like i loved that idea of what if a jedi kid didn't want to be a jedi and i also um really 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 wanted ray mm-hmm. to be ray skywalker not mm-hmm. just a name but in blood mm-hmm. <laughs> um i really wanted her to be luke's daughter um, I came up with a ton of theories of how that could work and not have him be a horrible person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, he's not the one giving birth, so he couldn't have even known she existed, right. possibly. Um, when it became clear that that was not the case, um, I, I think deci- that was about 30 seconds before the movie came out, by the way. I think they no. decided that 30 seconds before the yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, because, <laughs> well, I mean, like, okay, this is going into the weeds, but if you watch the end of The Force Awakens and compare it to the beginning of The Last Jedi, Mark Hamill's facial expressions is very different. And I have studied Mark Hamill's facial expressions <laughs> very in depth. I know what I recognize this person, and I'm terrified of what this means, and I have no idea what this person wants. Mm-hmm. which is but anyway people think differently and that is fine yep. i decided that i was not going to make angry youtube videos i was going to write a book that's amazing that's <laughs> so amazing. so it has obviously become very different because it's there is no there is no force um but there are a group of super soldiers um, Victoria's father is one of them. At the beginning of the book, he and all his comrades have disappeared. Um, and she thinks she's, uh, everyone thinks she's the last of the Majin, is what they call the super mm-hmm. soldiers. Um, she's on the run because she does not want to be a super soldier. And her mother has defected to the enemy um, because she thinks that's the best way to keep Victoria safe. So she's on the run from both her government and her mother and when the story begins one of her mother's agents has tracked her down finally and she escapes and the only way to escape is with the help of her uncle and his salvage ship i am um, in. <laughs> i am in i'm so, selfishly waiting me and my poor eyes are selfishly waiting for for the audiobook book. there will yeah. be an audiobook it's not out yet but it will be recorded soon and ho- i think out in january oh. um, which i'm very excited about but um, yeah, I love like one of the things I loved about Legends was that there were families. Like mm-hmm. I loved when the families were together, um, and a lot of like science fiction and fantasy. You know, the hero gets called to action and they leave their family behind, or their family is killed. Um, and yeah. I want to hi Disney, yeah, <laughs> hi hi Aunt. Peru and Uncle yeah. Owen. And I wanted to write a story where that didn't happen. Um, so, like, you know, it becomes clear that Victoria's father might be alive and mm. she has to decide what does she do next? Does she try to find him? Does she go back into hiding to stop a war? Like, um, and yeah, then it goes on for two more books. Two more books. 
Ooh, I cannot wait. Um, I assume people can buy this book everywhere. Right? Uh, it's it's on Amazon right now because uh, yep. it is Kim, uh, Kindle Unlimited. So if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can get that um, right. or you can buy the ebook there. You can also buy a paperback there as well. Um, and it should be out on audiobook in, I think, January for the first one. Um, so you should be able to get that on Audible and Amazon and all of those fun Everyone, places. Go buy this book. Please buy it. Buy it First. so that we can chase George R. R. Martin again. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have the screenshot. <laughs> uh, Nancy, where can people find your amazing opinions on Twitter? I'm at Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram at Nancy Schwartz Writes. Mm, I cannot wait to check out that Instagram, which I guess I was not following you on Instagram. There's too many social platforms. I do. I pretty much post the same stuff. Although if you follow, if you look at my stories, you'll get the occasional um, picture of Owen with a baby Yoda filter or a Hulk filter. (laughs) That kid is cute. Thank you. Thank you, you, Nancy. Thank you so much. Uh, From the earliest eras of podcasting to today, uh, Nancy Schwartz is someone you should definitely follow. She has great original thoughts, which is very rare. (laughs) And she is unafraid to say them, which is rarer. Uh, So thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Jenny. I'm so glad we finally got to talk. And I hope eventually at a celebration or at a Disney something. We will get to hug. (laughs) Yes, that is the next goal. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you to the Andrew Allen Trio for our intro and outro music. You can always find more of their music at andrewallen.com. Thank you to Anthony Lemos, who uh, is here in the background recording things so that I don't screw it up. Uh, The good news is the sad news is that this episode has come to an end. The good news is that the Fulcrum feed does not end with this episode. Uh, You'll be hearing from more folks in the days and weeks to come. I am going to ruthlessly mine all my podcast connections and people I've done favors for to get them to talk with me about Andor and anything else Star Wars on their minds. I'm going to be talking with Scott Johnson about the new show because it is always wonderful to talk with Scott about anything but especially pop culture and brian ibbett said sure he'll talk to me about the music of star wars and i went yes uh we'll have to narrow that topic down a little we're going to talk about the music in andor which is stunning uh but let us know if you want to hear anything else about music in star wars specifically like we are watching this very slow careful transition from john williams does everything to new music in star wars and that is going to be really interesting conversation so uh i guess i would say fulcrum out i don't know we're still working on catchphrases thank you everyone (laughs) 